0: People believe they're more honest than they actually are. An honest person, yes I am, definitely. Yes. Uh, Under most circumstances. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I'm prone to exaggeration. Uh, No. Yeah, yeah, yes. Sure, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to think so.
1: Most of us consider themselves as honest people, and yet we lie. Tally Sherrod and her team from University College London looked into the dark side of our society to uncover how our brain leads us down the slippery slope of dishonesty. I spoke to her about her recent findings.
0: So we found that people start with small lies and those small lies become bigger and bigger and bigger. And as the lies become bigger, the emotional response in the brain becomes smaller.
1: But isn't that something we already knew? I mean, we even call it the slippery slope of dishonesty. I mean, it's somehow intuitive to me that we start
0: with small eyes and then they become bigger. Absolutely. Anecdotally? It seems like it's true, right? When you ask people who deceive, whether it's financial fraud or infidelity or scientific fraud, when you ask them to recall, they usually recall how it started quite small, small lies, and suddenly it like grew and grew and grew and they found themselves committing quite severe acts. So, yeah, anecdotally, it seems to be true, but this is the first empirical evidence for it.
1: So we somehow get desensitized to lying. Can you
0: explain your experimental setup? What did you get people to do? We had a subject come into our lab and meet another person. And we told the subject that he will see a photo of a glass jar filled with pennies. And what they need to do is to estimate how much money is in the jar. And they will tell their partner how much money is in the jar. And both people will get paid according to how accurate the partner is. But then we changed the incentive structures to make it actually beneficial for the subject to lie. We said, you know what, if you make the partner overestimate the amount of money in the jar, you will get more, but he will get less.
1: And people lied when it was beneficial for them to lie?
0: So, people lied when it was beneficial for them to lie, and they lied the most when it was beneficial to lie for your own benefit and someone else. They lied a bit less, quite a bit less, when it was only beneficial for themselves but hurt another person. And they didn't lie at all when it helped someone else but would hurt themselves. (laughs) And
1: then, once you've done the behavioral study with the participants, you put them into a brain scanner?
0: some of the participants conducted the experiment while they were in the brain scanner and so that enabled us to see what's going on in the brain when people lie. So which region of the brain is active when people lie? Well what we looked at was not necessarily what is active but what is changing. We looked at regions that mostly include the amygdala. So the amygdala is a part of the brain. It's about the size of a cherry tomato. You have one on both sides of your brain and it's really important for emotion and arousal. And we saw that when people lie more and more and more, the amygdala sensitivity to dishonesty goes down. And we could actually predict how much people are going to lie more on the next trial by looking at how much the amygdala response dipped for what we call one unit of lying. So for one pound of lying, how much did the amygdala adapt? How much did the response go down? And the more it went down, the more it dropped, the more likely the participant was to tell bigger lies next time they got a chance.
1: It looks like our brain adapts to lying in a similar way as we adapt to other things, like smell, for instance. We've all entered a smelly room and forgot about a bad smell a few minutes later. But if we can watch this adaptation process and predict whether someone is going to lie in the next round of the game, couldn't we use a similar brain
0: scan to identify, say, an honest leader? I put this question to Tally. No. If someone has been lying for a very long time, telling the same lie again and again and again, they probably don't have the tell-tales of lying anymore because they probably don't feel any emotion anymore when they're telling their lies, which means we're not going to be able to detect it with a brain scanner. We're not going to be able to detect it with any kind of other physiological measure. One interesting thought, which we don't know whether it's true or not, is whether people who adapt quicker to lying, are they the same people who are more likely to commit immoral acts? That could be a possibility. Um, We don't know yet. Is there anything I can do to escape the slippery slope of dishonesty as an individual or on a policy level? Well, I think on a policy level, this suggests that if, if what we see in the lab actually carries over to the real world, to society, well, that suggests that we might want to nudge people away from small lies because small lies and small dishonest acts can actually snowball to large ones. And it also suggests a way to do that because if what carbs our dishonesty is emotion and in the absence of emotion we're more likely to lie, then you might want to try to arouse emotion in people when they think about lying. Tally told
1: me about a study where a group of students were more likely to cheat in an exam when their emotions were suppressed with pharmaceuticals. So if you want people to be less likely to lie, make them feel bad about it. To do precisely that, I went back to the group of students I met at the beginning to ask them a slightly different question. Maybe they aren't so honest after all. Yes, I have lied before. Yes, just a few hours ago. Probably to my parents. No, sometimes. I can't tell you. Yeah. Yes, I have. <laughs> because all we all lie, right? Yes, just now. Yeah, sure. I I lie, but I'm not sure. In the last, probably at the weekend. My parents are here. Yeah. Gosh, this is too difficult. Probably, probably even today. Just a a, a light exaggeration. Yeah. Yeah. If it's helpful. Um. Probably if it would upset someone.
0: Yes. Maybe a month ago. Yes. Probably today.
1: Does <laughs> this count? <laughs>
0: Definitely. If I was running late for something, I might make up an excuse. (laughs) (laughs) Saying thank you when you're not actually thankful. Um, Just now.
1: (laughs) What these people say definitely resonates with me. Small lies, mostly white lies, are part of our everyday life. I wanted to know from telly if we're all in danger of falling down the slippery slope of dishonesty.
0: No. So white lies are usually lies that you tell for the benefit of someone else or not to offend, right? Those kind of lies do not seem to escalate. You just do them and they stay at the same constant rate.
1: I'm relieved. Finally, I wanted to know from Tali if she found another glimpse of hope for us all in her study.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of positive aspects of humanity in our findings. First of all, the fact that you lie mostly when it helps you and someone else rather than when it just helps you. That's, you know, a kind of positive aspect, I think. The other thing is people could could lie much more than they did, but they didn't. That was Tali Sherrett speaking with me about her work published in Nature
1: Neuroscience this week.